Great morning, everybody. Great morning. CC, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, brother? I'm good. I'm good. What's uh how how's your week been? Uh it's been good. I've been uh just knocking off loose ends at home, you know, a little bit of business planning. It's always odds and ends to do when you own properties or on your own house, there's always a project, right? So just getting stuff uh, organized and rolling for the new year. Love it. Love How about it. you? Big time. Big time. Uh nothing nothing too uh nothing too crazy, man. Kind of the same thing, just uh loosening up or closing loose ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um just finishing up uh my goals for the year that I'm trying to not trying, but that I'm going after. Um yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. Spending, spending, uh, good quality time with the family because, yeah, once it picks up again, it's gonna be uh, right, push, push, push until uh, opening week. So, so yeah, nothing. That's that's all I got, man. That's all I got today. And this is always a time of like reflection and preparation. That's, for, I love this time of year for that. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, so uh, today's episode, we are uh, gonna be doing our uh, book review. Um, we did Grinding It Out, um, by it's an autobiography, uh, autobiography for sure, man. Let me uh make sure I get the uh, the authors uh, correct, you know, don't want to get get them wrong. Um, grinding it out by Ray Kroc with uh, I just had it here, unbelievable. With Robert Anderson, the making of McDonald's. Um, man, this was a great this was a great read. Um, you you haven't seen the coop or the the movie, correct? Coop? No, I haven't. I haven't. Okay, I I, I saw the movie. The book is like the movie, but better. Okay. Um, in the in the book, Ray is just he's always like, like I'm just gonna find a way. He's always very positive. Yeah. And, and the movie focuses a little bit more on negatives that other people or he did. It, the movie did a good job of making it um, look hard. Whereas if you read it from Mr. Crocs, like he just did it, you know, it's, and that was interesting to me. Yeah, it it was a really good, I mean, you know, we did the Nike book, Shoe Dog mm-hmm. and Donald's, and it's just crazy hearing how these guys started out, man. Um, yeah, they started you know, out at zero like everybody else, started right? at, I mean, it's, out but at, it's crazy. Yeah, they started out at zero, uh, hurt no a lot of times. Um, and yeah, we're talking about billion dollar companies now, you know, so, uh, no, that's great. So, I mean, we, we can just roll through, um, I got a lot of points, but I'm not, I mean, I'm just going to kind of touch on a couple points from each chapter. Um, sure. You know, so, um, yeah, chapter one, um, you know, it's kind of like more of the intro, just kind of introducing, introducing you to the man, um, you know, one thing I, you know, as he was talking, um, he was in his fifties, 
uh, when he found the McDonald's opportunity, which was a powerful point. You know, I feel like today people feel crazy. Uh, you got to find it, you know, right out of college or like before college. Like, I mean, dude was a salesman and came across McDonald's in his 50s. You know, he had, like, I think he was saying he had some issues. You know, I think he had diabetes um, and some other things going on, but, mm-hmm. you know, heart, you know, and then another quote he said there was hard work is still a thing. You know, like, being able to get in chapter two now, but you know, a man must take advantage of every opportunity. Um, a man is responsible for his happiness or unhappiness. Um, and so, yeah, like those are just a couple of things he was saying. And as you like, you know, listen to the book, you could tell like he was straight to the point, straightforward, um, said it how it is. Um, so yeah, I thought that was, that was good. Um, the first couple chapters early life, he seemed like he always had two or three jobs. He's always hustling, always hustling. Yeah. And you just never know what a hustler's true potential is, obviously. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, had a, you know, had a positive outlook. Um, you know, he also talked to, uh, um, he he mentioned Walt Disney in cha- uh, chapter two, I think. Like he did. I can't remember where uh, where what they were doing, but it it was so interesting how these these characters that we read like on these companies they always come across other giants, right? And uh, it was funny because uh, Ray was talking about how him and a couple other guys were going out um, on the town, you know, just you know, just being guys and talking about this weird guy who was drawing pictures in his room wouldn't come out and then he says and his name was Walt Disney. <laughs> yeah, they were they were it was World War Two and they weren't soldiers, but they were like in the Army Corps of Medics or yeah. something like that. And they still had their little training and he ran into Walt, man. Yep. 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 Um yeah and then uh chapter three um he uh you know just again just talking about his life um i think just kind of leading up to the whole mcdonald's thing um you know he was you know selling paper cups i believe and then also playing the yep. piano um you know so he was he was a grinder man he was he was always on on the hustle um but one thing i caught though in this chapter he says uh every paycheck he got he put most in the savings and then kept some for expenses and un- unseen stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if people ca- are going to catch that, but I-, I heard that. I was like, yep, nugget, nugget right there. <laughs> the old pay yourself first mantra. Yep, 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 yep. Um, yep, and then, and then we slowly started to, uh, you know, slowly start to get um, into McDonald's a little bit. Um, started talking about a little bit of the McDonald's way, um, some of the values he wanted to bring to McDonald's, you know, treating customers with respect, um, you know, helping people, uh, save money. Um, you know, it was pretty interesting to hear him talk, talk about some of those things that he, uh, um, wanted to bring to the table. Um, you know, another thing he, uh, talked about in chapter five was, you know, just again, anything you try to build in life, it's going to be a grind. 
um, you know, he was talking about his sleep, right? He said, um, he said sometimes he got six hours of sleep, but most he only got four. Um, you know, didn't he said he didn't worry about problems, uh, worried only about one problem at a time. And then he said, easier said than done. Um, but I thought that was so powerful. Um, you know, when you put things into perspective, you know, um, you, it, it, it makes it more manageable. Um, you know, you, like, don't worry about problems, only worrying about one thing at a time. Um, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Save the Last, or not, I always say Save the Last Dance. I don't know why. <laughs> the Last Dance um, just reminds me a little bit about, um, uh, you know, Michael Jordan. One of the things they were saying is that he didn't ever worry about the shot he hadn't taken yet. Like, he didn't allow that to creep mm. in his head. Um, this was kind of the same thing um, when I when I saw that. So that was uh, that was good. That was good. That was good. Can I can I go back for a second? Yeah, yeah. Go back. Go back, bro. During his sales career, things I like that it seemed like he always did is he always um, put his customers or his relationships with his employees before um, like he, before anything else, it was always about making sure that, you know, his bosses respect were respecting him and his relationships with his clients. Um, And there was a time where, you know, America was going through some sort of, um, not necessarily a recession, but some sort of like times weren't as good, right? Yep. And uh, he was going to quit, and he had didn't have a backup plan. And his wife thought he was crazy. His boss thought he was crazy. Um, it's kind of the standard, like you can't quit, but like he did, um, <laughs> and it ended up working out in his favor. You know, he was okay taking calculated risks, which I really liked. Yep. No, that was good. That was good. Always, always adding value, you know, where you're at. Making yourself the most valuable person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then we, you know, as we get into Chapter 6 here, we start talking a little bit about the McDonald's brothers and franchising. And I thought it was very interesting that the McDonald's brothers didn't want to expand. They were yeah. at a point where they, you know, was just happy. You know, like, just happy they had made it. You know, they had a couple of stores, I believe, but they didn't want any more headaches. And so Ray obviously brought the opportunity to them. And it was so crazy, like the relationship that the brothers had with Ray, I thought. Um, What were you going to say? I was going to say, this is where the movie, like I learned, like it was different than the movie too. Um, And the movie's good. If I want to watch TV, I like to watch something that stimulates me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, it, the the relationship was depicted more like more enemy in the book, whereas, um, excuse me, more enemy in the movie. Whereas in the book, it was like it seems like they had more of a working relationship. It still was complicated. Um, but yeah, they they were really the thorn in his side. Yeah, in the movie. And in the book, it was like they were more of an annoyance and he just was like, well, I could ask permission or I could just ask for forgiveness later and keep this thing going. 
yeah and um yeah no that that was good i mean yeah it was it was just interesting to see um you know and then they talked a little about about race personality and um it, it was just great you know they talked about some of the some of his things that irritated him right <laughs> um yeah you know t- talking about not picking up the trash in the parking lot not putting on the lights on at a certain time um you know he had he had a really good relationship with his janitor um in the first couple you know in the first store first couple of stores his first manager yeah yeah, yeah. and i thought it was pretty neat that, you know it would said that when ray didn't have anything to do he would help help the janitor you know and yep. that, that was that type of you know servant leader you know that i saw in that and i thought yeah i thought that was pretty pretty neat i, I feel like you don't i feel like it's a lost art um Oh, everybody's too good for that. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I just, you know, talk, you know, he had a, a potato, a potato problem, um, with the fries. Um, and he, like it, he was calling everywhere. He called the brothers. He, then he went and called the potato company, um, all because he wanted that, that great product for his, um, and, you know, for his customers. And I, and I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, when he was talking about this issue, he was saying it wouldn't have been noticeable, you know, it, but it was more so him. He knew about yeah, it. Yeah, he knew about it. And, you know, he knew what he had tasted in the first store. He wanted that same taste in the other stores. And so, yeah, when something didn't taste right, he was on it right away. He's like, nope, this is not the product that I want. That reminds me a little bit of... um some of the people we met from Mahana. Okay. You know, yeah. Just kind of, kind of making sure always, um, you know, don't disrespect the game. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, that's another like Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant thing too, is like, Hey, if I'm going to work out, I'm going to work out hard. Exactly. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. So, um, as we're yeah, so where are we at in the story right, so, right now? So we're 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 in chapter seven right now. Um and I think this is where they're starting to get stores put up, but they're not getting put up fast enough. Um and I think this is when this is right around the time he brings Harry um Harry on. I forget his last name. Uh but Harry was basically his right hand man. Um, you know, this is where they started to realize that them leasing out stores um was not in the best interest for McDonald like for McDonald's the company because they basically be paying a middleman, a landlord, where uh Ray and Harry had the idea, well why don't we create a franchise realty company? Um so basically this is what everyone thinks of yep. when it comes to McDonald's, yep. right? Yep. Yep. So so basically this is the start of when McDonald's started to get into real estate, basically, they started building their own spaces, um, renovating, but they would own the building, you know, and I thought it was really crazy. This hairy guy that came on, how he would is able to talk to these insurance companies and get money. Like he brokered a heck of a deal. Yeah. I was just, they were talking about some of these deals Harry put together and I was like, you need you need a guy like that on your team for sure. That's able to 
to be the numbers guy. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's, that's where we're at right now. Um, you know, then, you know, chapter eight, um, you know, Harry, Ray starts talking about, you know, making sure you're finding the right people, um, you know, and, and letting people, um, as a, a C, CEO, um, manager, you know, whatever leadership role you're in, allowing your people to make mistakes. Um, even, even if you know that it's not going to work, I find it so much value, valuable, letting your people learn by trial and error. If it's not going to be a big, um, loss or a big effect on the company. Um, you know, and then he started talking a little bit about, um, need to perfect the fundamentals of business if you want to succeed. And I just added here attention to detail, um, which, I mean, which he was, I mean, you think of a lot of these guys like Steve jobs, um, you know, Bill Gates, uh, Warren Buffett. I mean, these guys are their level of attention to detail. You know, I remember, I was doing some reading on Steve Jobs talked about like his floors had to be a certain way. Like it had to be a certain color. Like when you walk Mm -hmm. into his uh, stores, they have to look a certain way. And he didn't put up with anything but that look. And it's like, man, like the, the more we talk about these types of people, you just, that's just a common thing. Like the attention of detail is so key to them. Like almost like a obsessive, personality you know so yeah um so then chapter nine um you know just this is where uh ray decides to uh buy the mcdonald's mcdonald brothers out um and it's funny like just listening to the numbers a little bit right you know so the mcdonald brothers wanted 2.7 million right to be bought out and like at the time, right. right? Like, um, it was I forget the year. I want to say it was. I didn't. I guess I didn't catch the year. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I think we we're in the seventies, yeah. sixties, seventies, yep, somewhere, some, in, somewhere there. in there. Yep. Um, and Ray Ray thought it was crazy, two point seven million, and I'm just in my head like, dude. <laughs> well, knowing what you know, know now, what you know like, now, it's like pennies. Give them five. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, um, so again, like Harry comes in the clutch, puts together a crazy deal. Um, but um, what I thought was just just the relationship that these these guys have with Ray. I, I added that again, like and I, I think it's also key, like obviously when you do business, you you want to you want to know and like the person you're going to do business with but it's always good to see that it's not always the case <laughs> yeah you know i mean just think of how you know like i i never thought the relationship was like this i did you know like it was hard to get anything out of the brothers you know th- there was documents that they wouldn't sign um but ray just kept chugging along man just kept right kept chugging um then chapter 10, um, this is where um, we start to get a little bit in Ray, Ray's mindset um, a little bit, talking about his vision, 
his dream, the craziness, um, you know, talking about some of his stores were struggling a little bit, talking about, you know, making 37 K a month, um, going with those numbers, but still and yet Ray believed that the company could be a billion dollar company and stores could be grossing a hundred K in sales a month. And I'm just like, it's like the mountain, right? It's, it's easy to see the, it's easy to see the top. Like you can like see it, right. But get in there, you know? And I, and I feel like leaders like Ray, um, they do a good job of having that vision and, and driving and pushing um, to get there. Um, That's a good analogy with the yeah. mountain. And I think he kind of got addicted to providing people with excellent or being the, being the provider of excellent experiences. Yep. Like, like, I think that's, Yep, sorry about that. Caleb? Someone someone just tried to call me. You're good. No um worries. Yeah, I I just I just think he became a not I don't know if addicted to it, probably more like obsessed with providing friends, friends, clients, you know, with an experience that was unforgettable to them. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, and then this chapter, he also starts to talk about his suppliers. Um, I just love like, like Ray knew, you know, the suppliers that was helping him in the early days, like Ray knew that if they could hang in there and keep supplying them, McDonald's would get to a point where these suppliers would just naturally be giants up along with them. With them. Exactly. And it was just really cool to hear him talking about how some of the some of his suppliers couldn't, you know, was made, you know, making ends meet barely and and just kind of going paycheck to paycheck. And then as McDonald's got bigger, a lot of their suppliers exploded also. Um, So it was was really it was really neat to really neat to see. Um, You know, he talked a little bit about, um, you know, it was hard sometimes to make payroll. Um, he wasn't even paying himself really. Yeah, he had a side um, hustle for his money. Time. Yep, had had a side hustle. You know, and yeah, it's cra- it's crazy. It's it's just it's just cra- crazy to to hear hear about that. Um, chapter eleven, man, I think I wrote <laughs> I wrote three three points in chapter eleven. So, um, this is when they really start to move, and they really they're really like starting to get a lot of momentum. And uh, I think he starts the chapter out by saying, you lose a lot of friends on the way yeah. up. And then he says, big cross on your back. And this is when he loses uh, Harry, um, his right-hand man. Um, you know, I think, you know, Ray, again, just was a driver. You want one to keep pushing the issue. And, you know, I, I think Harry fell into the... I I don't want to say the no, like the normalcy, but you know you get to a point where you're like, I'm good, we're good, we don't need a risk anymore. Like we got a good spot right now, and 
Ray didn't like that. Like Ray wanted to keep pushing the issue. And, and there was a point where um, there was banks were starting to tighten up. I think this was like around another recession or something was coming down the line. Um, and so like Harry put a halt on uh, construction. I think there were like 37 or 40 stores that they were working on and Harry just put a halt to it and wanted to conserve cash in case there was like something coming down the line. And I think that's where Ray and Harry kind of fell off because Ray wanted to keep pushing the issue and Harry didn't. And that's when it, you know, they kind of went their separate ways. I think Harry still, obviously he had like stocks and shares and stuff like that. So he did, I mean, he was fine, um, but it was just, you know, it's pretty, pretty interesting to hear Ray say that, you know, I mean, obviously it's, we all know that saying like, you know, it's, lonely at the top you know you got a big cross on your back so yeah, they just had differing perspectives which is which is another yeah. reason why they were such good partners in my opinion exactly yep 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 um but yeah so so as as we start getting like into this recession and like uh ray completely takes over the entire company again um you know he talks about when times are bad that's when you want to buy. Yep. And I was like, hmm. Mm. Had I had to let that sizzle when I when I heard that. Um and uh he taught you know he talked about doing what was best for the company. So it meant for paying a little bit more for things. Like Ray had a vision, and if it was best for the company, he did it, no matter what the price was. Um, which was really, which was really good and refreshing to hear. Um, you know, so many times people try to cut corners, um, you know, try to save a dollar here and there, but you know, here you got a guy that built a billion dollar business and was basically spending cash where he felt it needed to go and didn't even really bat an eye. There was, there was talks considerations, but he strongly believed that you had to pay, for good for great things if you wanted to have the the best company so that was really really good he was always he was Uh, always innovating too um always yeah you know like let's let's be even better let's be even better let's be even better yep which continuous improvement always uh which yeah it's important to have a voice like that too you know exactly yep Yep. And then uh, he starts to get to a point where he wants to step out a little bit, um, not have such an active role, um, which is tough because then they bring in um, another guy called Fred Turner, who they make the new president CEO, um, who who also made some bold moves. Um, you know, one of the big things he did was um taking a hard look at the the Canadian market you know i th- i think there was a guy that they had licensed out canada to or big chunk of canada and this fred guy comes in and decides to buy it back buy it back from this guy and like you know when you got it's so much it's a different ball game when you go public right because Things like that, you got to kind of have to explain to your stockholders, your investors, like, why would you license Canada out to another person? And then in two years, 
buy it back. You know, um, it might not make sense, um, but this Fred guy strongly believed that the Canadian market was a strong enough market that McDonald's had to have control of it. Um, and then after that's all said and done, they put Canada's been the fastest growing market since that move. Right. <laughs> and so like as 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 Ray and Ray he said it that was a real guts gutsy call, but again it goes back to letting your your people make calls, make decisions, you know, and it's funny because that's something Ray probably wouldn't have done. But being able to bring someone in, they they have their vision on how to take the baton. Um, sometimes you just gotta you just gotta let the baton go. You need you need so. to surround yourself, you know, with with elite people, which you know Ray did yeah. with people he trusted and who knew what they were doing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then in 14, you know, where, you know, McDonald's is, I mean, obviously is, is cranking and, and moving. Um, but Ray starts the chapter off by saying, well, they, there was this idea, I think it was the same Fred Turner guy talked about the, the mini Mac stores. Um, and I, I, I think the mini Mac was basically to serve smaller communities or businesses. Um, so it was a small or businesses. So it was a smaller, more um, compact store. I, I don't think there was really a lot of seating, um, if any. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a quick, you know, drive up, get it, and then go. Um, which it's it worked. It, it worked. It was, but Ray was not really happy because um, it his vision was a lot bigger than creating mini Mac stores. And he goes, he says, if you think small, you'll stay small. That's a good one. And so eventually he ends up turning all these mini Mac stores back into real stores, real bigger stores to to serve bigger people in the community. Um, so I thought it was a great point. And talking about the menu a little bit, he it's crazy because when you listen to how the menu evolved, um, it was a lot of input from other franchisee owners yeah, listening to the markets. Um, yeah. Listening to their markets, different things. Um, I thought was awesome. Um, you know, be, because it's, it's, uh, you know, your franchisees have, uh, well, we all have like what, what it's called, um, in- intellectual, uh, potential, right. Basically brain power, um, what what we bring to the table, right? And I just it's crazy that in in today's world, I feel like that's not being tapped enough. You know, your employees or or your franchisees or whatever, who's whoever's reporting to you, they have ideas too. They're they're in the day to day. They're seeing the issues, you know, and sometimes I feel like management doesn't do a good enough job of listening all the time and <clears throat> here you know, one of the most successful franchises, their menu basically evolved from other people, <laughs> other franchisee owners, which I thought was just awesome. All the best information is um, in the streets, Coop. Exactly. Always, 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 always. Um, Yeah. So, that I mean, that was, you know, and then we get into chapter 15, um, Ray's buying uh, baseball teams now. 
He's just big time now. <laughs> giving away yeah, his he's, money. Yeah, he's just big time. But but one thing one thing I want to say though is uh and um Robert uh Kiyosaki uh says that you 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 do you how's how's it? You do what you hate and buy what you love or invest in what you love. That's what it was. Invest in what you love. And he, and you know, and he was saying it's backwards. Like people buy what they love instead of investing, Mm -hmm. you know, and this was just such a key, key thing. Like Ray had already built a successful business at this time. Like McDonald's was, was massive. And so he loved ba- watching baseball. He thought it was cool. And so, yeah, he's at a point where he can invest in things that he enjoys watching. And so I thought that was a key. That was just an interesting point. Like, yeah, he's like, man, he's just going to go buy a baseball team or whatever. It's like, well, no, he's, he's got the money now. <laughs> yeah. They weren't They When he initially was trying to buy it, he had to, the owner didn't take it serious until he reviewed the, you know, proof of funds. Or the financials, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, he, he can't afford it." Okay, yeah, it was it was funny because they, uh, <laughs> I guess, at the point there was like groups. It wasn't just individuals. Right. It was like groups, groups were buying teams at that point. Now we're buying it, and then Ray comes in, and I think his broker, his agent, <laughs> is like, "Oh, Ray Kroc wants to buy it with who?" And then yeah. the seller, yeah, and the seller goes, "And who else?" It's like, "Uh, Ray Kroc is the group." <laughs> Man. Um so yeah, um and then you know he says a couple of words here. Um money doesn't solve problems. Um the more you have, the more problems you have. <laughs> Which is it's it's always great to hear that from people that have made it, you know, again, putting money in its proper place. You know, that you know, it's easy for guys like at his level to to say that. But I just feel like if if people really understood that money is not meant to be worshipped, it's just a tool to be used to get you your needs and your wants. Um, I f- I feel like you know the world would be a different place. Um, and then he talks about learning from mistakes. Um, and then I also loved how he he was talking about some of the mistakes he's made. Um, you know, when um uh uh item he brought to the menu didn't work or um, the hula burger. Yeah, the hula <laughs> sounds terrible. The 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 hula burger, right? Um, but I love how he said the cost of mistakes. And when you make a mistake, you have to or not make a mistake, but when you learn from mistakes you have to also understand that there's a dollar value associated with that mistake that'll save you tens of thousands of dollars down the road in the time it might seem like oh my god this is crazy you know like what just happened but if if you can like step out of the moment and just look at it for what it is and just think like man if just imagine if i hadn't caught this or done this we put more money into this project or something, and then we end up losing a lot more money. 
you know. And so, like, I just thought that was cool, just taking a different approach or a look at how you view mistakes. So, yeah. And then chapter 17 here, I just wrote, no risk, no reward. It's it's interesting how he chose to um, end the book talking so much about his giving, you know, and about, Hey, like, this is actually what mattered to me. Um, you know, so he spent, he spent a long time just like, you know, these are things that affected me in my life, you know, like with diabetes and um, I think his sister had Parkinson's or something like that, yeah, you know? Yeah. So, so this is how I wanted to spend my money. And the cool thing about it is, you know, he'd start out with, I'm going to give away a million dollars and it ended up being like, some crazy bigger number than that. Um, yeah. You know, he just, he, I always get reminded to uh, the Dave Ramsey quote, you know, like live like nobody else. So you can give like nobody else. Um, yep. And yep. It's, you know, it, you get a little pride, a little vanity in there, but getting, helping people never gets tiring, you know? Exactly. And having a lot exactly. of money while it can create some problems and stress, I mean, can create some pretty cool opportunity to, to give back. Oh, and, and some great experiences. Mm-hmm. That too. Um, I love Grant. <laughs> Sorry, I hate, you know, Grant Cardone. Love him. <laughs> but he, he's got something he says, like, money can't buy happiness, but it buys things that can make you happy. Right? And again, it's, it's using money as a tool to get you what you want at the end of the day. Um, so yeah. No, this was this is a good book, man. Good book on just, you know, a legendary businessman, you know, a legendary yeah, entrepreneur. Sure. It's always good to learn for sure. from other people. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um you want to tell them the next book or am I telling uh, them the next book? Correct me if I'm wrong, the next book is called This is a reread for me, but um I love it. You jumped all over me when I have when I have my rereads. You're like, Coop, we gotta we gotta do better. Uh, basically, I'm making. Coop, I want Coop to read this book. It's and all- <laughs> it also um, it's a great time of the year. You know, January, February. You know, whenever we get to this, right? Just, you, yeah. You're thinking about a new year. It's a great thing to reset. Um, but the book we're reading is called uh, The Millionaire Next Door. And it is by uh, Thomas. Let me see where I'm at. Thomas J. Stanley and William D. Danko. And it's one of the best books on money that I've ever read that has just great applications. A little sneak peek is they talk about data that they get from surveying thousands of real-life millionaires in the United States how they live, how they spend their time, what they do for a living, what they use mm. their free money on. And it really checks you, you know, like, oh, that's how millionaires spend their money? I spend it on this, you know? <laughs> it's, it's a phenomenal book. Um, love so it. I'm, I'm excited to reread wait. it. It's so good. Love it. Love it. All right, guys. Um, Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast uh you can leave us a review one through five um just let us know man let us know how we can uh add value um 
Yeah, that's all I got. Another great episode, Coop. Another great episode. See you next week, everybody. See you next week.